Welcome to this week in Marvel episode <laughs> number 244. I'm VP and executive editor Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M. Joined by... Hey, I'm Marvel digital editorial director guy Ben Moore. So excited to be here on The Big Show. The Big Show. Yeah. It's a big show. Oh, yeah. And we're joined Crazy. by... Josh Weiss. Master of history. Yeah. As we have learned prior to recording this episode of the podcast. Preparing this episode, Josh dropped a Seward's Folly reference, which, as we all know, is <laughs> is one of those great historical blunders. Uh, we also He also said that he's a big fan of the Cold War. Big fan. Big fan of, big the, Cold fan War. of the Cold War. And uh, what was the other thing? I don't know. I thought that was it. There was one other thing. Um... I think that was it. I don't know. I've already forgot what you said. Yeah. It's terrific. Uh, but yeah, we're having, Hello. we're having a laugh a minute time yeah. here. Wow. What a time. And the studio got uh, vacuumed, which yep. is great. Yep. Yeah, you're welcome. You did that? Oh, I did do thanks. That. Cool. You know who did it the first time? Me. Oh. Well, now you've passed on that honor to young Josh. Yeah. What a day. Vacuuming. It's what's for what dinner. Time. Oh, what else is for dinner? We got some great comics today. Sure. <laughs> we got all sorts of news. Yeah. We got you guys' comments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff that you could potentially purchase with a Marvel MasterCard. That's card. true, man. That's true. You could get 3% back. Mm-hmm. You can get 1% back. <laughs> you can get all sorts of stuff back if you just use the Marvel Master. Specifically, you can earn 3% cash back on dining, select entertainment. You go online at marvel.com to get that. And also earn 1% cash back on all other MasterCard purchases. You can get $25 statement credit after your first purchase, 10% off Marvel Shop purchases, free shipping on marvelshop.com during certain times of the year, special Marvel Unlimited discount, and exclusive cardholder content, merchandise discounts, and access to special events. For sure. And, you know, special events, we're going to start talking about a lot of that stuff coming up. Oh, yeah. Comic-Con. Comic-Con with a hyphen is on the horizon. For sure. Uh, So make sure you've got your Marvel MasterCard Mm -hmm. for if you're coming to San Diego Comic-Con and planning to come by the Marvel booth. That's that's all I'm going to say right now, but y'all should get it now if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, what are you doing to that machine? Did you just turn it off? No. You sure? Just adjusting the volume. Okay. I guess we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, who knows? If it's off. Um, but yeah, good stuff to get the Marvel Massacre going. What else is going on, man? What's what's your week been like? Um, so today, I'm in meetings or events or filming or recording mm-hmm. from... This is a recording. Yeah. What's a, uh, from 11 a.m. until 5.30. <sighs> um, that's a day. That's a day. That's a day. For sure. And day, then, uh, I leave bidet. for vacation. Oh, yeah, you're out of here. Yeah. Are you out of here tomorrow? Yeah, I'm not here tomorrow. I'm so gone. you're gone. Gone. Where are, where are you going on vacation? Europe. Nice. Yeah, various places in Europe. Where are you going? Uh, Scotland and France been to Scotland. and England. I've been to England. Uh-huh. Yeah, so very Good exciting. Good Brexit. What's that? Good old Brexit. Yeah. yeah. Current events. Yeah, look at this guy. To meet the history. Not just history. Yeah. He's current as <laughs> he well. He is wow. a politically savvy young man. Yeah. That's great, man. I uh, I went to Scotland briefly one mm-hmm. time. I went to France extensively. And England was the last one? Yeah. 
Let's see me a good trip. I've been to England so many times. My wife has never been to Europe. Yeah. At all. Oh, it's so, so fun for her. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, I've never been to uh, France or Scotland, mm-hmm. so that's going to be really great. I have to try to remember to email various people I know in those countries to, to try to get some tips. Uh, if only I had time in the day. Yeah, well, you know, it's a good time. Yeah. What are you going to say, Josh? Uh, sound like you were gonna. I was just breathing. Sound like you were oh, as usual. More uh, of that breathing stuff. Heavy breathing, Josh W. All right. Well, let's send you off onto your vacation with a cornucopia of comics goodness, mm. starting with all new, all different Avengers number eleven, written by Mark Wade, art by Mahmoud Asrar, colors by Dave McKegg. The Avengers are prisoners of Annihilus, and I dug this issue uh, both for the beautiful art. And also because it's Mark Wade doing what Mark Wade does best, and that's taking classic characters and finding cool spins on them. In this case, uh, it's Annihilus, who comes off as a major threat. The Avengers have been torn asunder in the negative zone. You've got the kids stuck in a mine. You've got Iron Man and Captain America trying to haul Vision over the cliff because he's got no sun to charge up on. You've got Thor battling Annihilus. Uh, and again, I mentioned the art already, but it's really great stuff. Mahmoud Asrar has really come so far mm-hmm. since he started working for us. He was great when he started, but he's really gained some. And the colors are a hit as well. The Avengers have to work as a team. They have to do some thinking uh, because they're way overpowered and they're way out of their element. So it involves some thinking by Iron Man uh, utilizing Nova and just uh, just clever stuff. And just when you think it's over, it's not over. Mm-mm. There's more. Yeah. So it was a really fun. It's just, just, just a good old-fashioned fun superhero comic, yeah. which is what I really want from my Mark Wade Avengers. And it's what I'm getting. Totally. So there you go. Ben, the, the, in the issue, they talk about the Negabams mm-hmm. that uh, are cool little recessories. Yeah. Yeah. And then Quasar has different quantum bands. The quantum bands. So yes, those are not the same bands that Quasar has. Okay. I want one of those sets. You should get both. Yeah. Yeah, if you had just, both, you'd basically bang pretty, everything together. Yeah, it'd be pretty pretty awesome, right? Pretty banging. Cool. Uh, on to Amazing Spider-Man and Silk, The Spider-Fly Effect, number four, written by Robbie Thompson, pencils and inks by Todd Nock, colors by Veronica Gandini, and layouts by Jeffo. Uh, this is, as I'm sure you guys know, the collection of the final two parts of the Infinite comic, I believe, parts seven and eight of that. Um, and it's cool. We get an awesome hug in here, which I don't want to spoil too much for it. We get Chronosaurus Rex uh, finding a little redemption hopefully. We get uh, Peter and Cindy Spider-Man and Silk uh, in and out of their costumes fighting even when maybe they don't have all their powers. Uh, So they're true heroes in here. Plus we also get uh, a cool establishing bit of business for a villain that could take on both Silk and Spidey and it's, uh, it's pretty neat. Plus, I just love saying Chronosaurus Rex. Yeah, I know. I'm going to miss old Chronosaurus Rex. Yeah. Is that the final issue of the yeah. Spider-Fly Effect? Mm-hmm. It was good. It was a good run while it lasted. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see more from both those creators and, uh, of course, those characters. For sure. We also have Black Panther, number three out this week, by ta Coates, Brian Stelfreeze, and Laura Martin. Uh, this is... I, I really dug the framing mm-hmm. of this issue. There's this, uh, this character who's just like sort of like this mythical African... 
character sort of the embodiment of the land, it yeah. seems. Uh, just telling this like the story. It's almost like a song. It's almost when like a I poem. When I was tree. Yeah. It's, I it's, was tree. It's heavy stuff. It's really, it's heavy. It's awesome. But it, it's also like really great way to give you the history of Black Panther and Wakanda mm. in an incredibly creative and, and really interesting way. Uh, so that frames the issue. We also have uh, T'Challa sort of trying to come to terms with what the hell is going on in Wakanda right now? There's mm. strife, there's turmoil, there's death, there's uh, doubt, which is something he's not really like con- really used to. Mm-hmm. He's doubting himself, he's doubting like his place, he's doubting what he can do for his people. Uh, there's also like secrets that he's harboring and some really weird stuff going on with that. Uh, but it's cool. It's he's fighting a war within Wakanda. Yeah, Tanahasi's T'Challa is a very complex character, not cut and dry. I mean, T'Challa's always been pretty always. complex. But yeah. yeah, I think Ta-Nehisi's taken really great like tactic with the character. And um, it's it's not a cut and dry place for T'Challa in this uh, in this current Wakanda, which I think is really good. And what we always want to see is like our heroes challenged and our heroes up against really scary odds. Mm-hmm. And that's where T'Challa is. All right, all you crazy fans who were freaking out after Captain America Steve Rogers number one came yeah, out. You ruined my comments. We got Captain America Steve Rogers number two, written by Nick Spencer, art by Jesus Saez. Beautiful, beautiful art. Oh, my God. Um, and we get an explanation for all the craziness. This issue is told from the perspective of the Red Skull, um, and it's, you know, Nick Spencer, kind of all his characters get that kind of sarcastic humorous edge to them and it doesn't always work you would think it won't work for certain characters he actually doesn't really have Steve Rogers like quipping that much but Red Skull for a guy who is unmistakably evil and just horrible the worst villain we have a Nazi is pretty funny in this issue he is the sassiest Nazi ever If (laughs) if there were and I don't think there ever will be nor should there be a children's book about Red Skull Mm. it would probably be called The Sassiest Nazi The Sassiest Nazi it would be written by Nick Spencer Uh, it would have gorgeous art by Jesus Saiz but yeah we flash back to what the Red Skull's been up to going way back to when he fought Captain America over the Cosmic Cube how he ingratiated himself to the new living cosmic cube um that's a kind of a it's it's really cool because he's basically he's bored he has the powers of charles xavier he can make everyone do things and he's discovered this isn't all that it was cracked up to be he wants to claim victory on a deeper level than just using his mental powers so kobik comes into red skull's life uh does something major for sin and then basically forges a relationship with the Red Skull. The Red Skull realizes this is an incredibly powerful pawn to use um, for his regards, and she surprises him, though. She's the one who actually comes up with a master plan for him. And then we get to see kind of behind the scenes of standoff in between seconds that we saw. We see why Steve Rogers is now the way he is, and all, all good explanation, but I just... Man, I just love Nick Spencer making our characters sassy. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Yes. There's no there's no reason that any character shouldn't be a little bit charming. You know? Even yeah. the Red Skull. There's there's, you know, he's a he's a charismatic guy 
and it should be more than just you know death marches and sure well even if you look at the you know captain america the first avenger Mm -hmm. uh skull in that he's got his moments mostly when he's wearing his not skull face yeah but he's got his moments where you know he's he's got some charismatic moments yeah well i mean yeah look at the guy's the leader of hydra he's got crossbones and sin and a great tailor all because those outfits are sharp those threads are nice but yeah i like uh nick spencer's red skull not to say i like him i don't like him he is a nazi right the sassiest nazi yeah as we have noted but i enjoy reading his adventures and that's uh getting a whole issue from his perspective was kind of cool yeah and uh seeing where this is gonna go is gonna keep making you go has that what yeah we're not done yeah we're not done folks nope all right, on to Captain Marvel number six. A little of that Civil War two action. Yeah. So we got new writers All up right. here. This is for the first part of Lonely at the Top, written by Ruth Fletcher Gage and Christos Gage. I believe it's mostly written by Ruth. She is the talent of the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Christos Gage. Yeah. Uh, they are both television writers mm-hmm. of many shows. Yep. Um, Christos has also done tons of work for Marvel. Um, I believe this is Ruth's first work for Marvel, but it's so. it's a cool dynamic. Yeah, they work yeah. well. They are at their best when they're working together. And one of the things, one of the biggest compliments I can say that this felt like a seamless handoff. Sure. Uh, oh, from, for sure. You know, from the previous writing team. Mm-hmm. So, if just if you didn't know the creative team, if you're a fan who just reads without paying attention to creators, yeah. I think you're just going to be able to keep going. Well, we've seen with Christos over the past few years when he steps in for Dan Slott on Spider-Man occasionally, he's seamless. Yeah. Like, he can come in and just, like, butter, man. My he just makes it butter. nice and smooth. You don't know that anything happens. Yeah. But, at the same time, putting his own stamp of, like, super nerdiness and, mm-hmm. like, cool references yes. and things that are very Christos. So, it's, it's that great, you know, combination uh and it helps that chris anka is still on art and matt wilson is still on colors uh it's a gorgeous looking book uh it starts off with some really like awesome business as carol is getting settled into her role and like dealing with some of like the things that she wants to do with alpha flight then they have a little party because she's been there they've been doing this for six months right and then they like her boyfriend shows up and there's a really cute little i don't know if he, i don't know if he would call himself her boyfriend or if uh, she'd call him her boyfriend but isn't there like a struggle about that there's a like they've got her chris isn't, draws isn't her there blushing. a little isn't there a little meat cute or some such they just they Everybody knows that that that's they're what they adorable are. together. I hope they nothing are. ever happens to them. And then there's the bone zone action. They go oh, full on. Into not s- even a question. Space bone zone, which Outer is space like bone zone. even better. Intergalactic you know, planetary bone zone of the max. Yeah. Uh, and so I want to ask you, Ben, where mm-hmm. does this fit timeline wise into Civil War Two? Um, this is. So this is after one, <laughs> before zero. Yeah. In the middle of two. I think so. I think that's about right. And I don't know where Zero fits in. I don't know, man. Yeah. Because it's all comics. There are definitely it's events. all comics. The big event that happens in Zero. And happens here, it, but it, from a different perspective. Does it happen here? Yeah. Does sure it? does. From Zero? Yeah. Zero is is the Thanos. Oh. Well, One is the, the giant... Oh yeah, I don't, th- I don't think we're there yet. We're All right, there never yet. mind. No, I forgot. This is yeah. Doctor Minerva. Okay. Yeah. So this everyone, is... calm down. Calm the down. Yeah. So uh, obviously, if you've been reading Civil War, you know that there's this Inhuman named Ulysses who has his Inhuman powers, sort of precognitive abilities. He sees mm-hmm. when things are going to happen, and he sort of 
experiences them, mm -hmm. uh, which is very traumatizing, but he's able to use Traumatic. them, those things, to help uh, try to stop them. And, you know, in Civil War number, Civil War 2, number 1, we see them able to stop a giant interdimensional invasion. Yeah. In Civil War 2, number 0, it's a lot more upsetting. Yeah. Uh, the, the good guys don't win cut and dry. And we see that from a number of perspectives. We haven't seen it fully from Carol's perspective yet. Right. So the way it all is working out is, is very interesting. But we also get to see, we're introduced to the uh, Board of Governors for mm -hmm. Alpha Flight, which I think is super cool. It's a neat, neat bit. Yeah, you've got a Cree dude. You've got Henry Peter Gyrick. Yeah, who, representing you know, humans, apparently. Which is he's the worst choice. He's representing America. Because apparently the only two countries that got a say on this are the United well, States and Canada. Well, to be fair, there are tons more shadowed members oh, yeah. of the government. Are we sure board. that's what that is? What else would that be? They're, they're Why there. are they so far back? Because they're Why don't they get a front row seat? You know? Yeah. Maybe, or maybe they rotate. Or look, it's like a circular where's, area. Where's the representative from Mozambique? Uh, probably right up here. Oh, that makes sense. You know? But okay. there's, there's uh, definitely other countries. I just spoken for. I'm just glad Canada got a front row seat. Yeah. And of course, look at who's rolling in for Canada. Felipe Bellu? Yeah. Who's that? I don't know. It's just some dude. I think it's some dude who was just introduced here. Yeah, I, don't I know. thought it was North Star at first. At first, I did too. Because it looks like North Star. Yeah. But, but it's, it's not North it's Star. Not. No. No, it's uh, definitely not North Star. We have uh, one of the Saturn men. Oh, yes. I, I don't know if it's stone Ford, man, The stone men from Saturn. You know, you've got cool lady with a haircut and awesome glasses. She looks like she's an 80s, you know, like uh, punk rock gal. Yeah, is that Lila Cheney? No. She should be there. <laughs> Why would Lila Cheney be in there? She's a, she is a great... Uh, musician. Great musician. Very talented. <laughs> uh, Panther's Big in there. Fan. We've got a Shi'ar rep. All right, so Wakanda's there. Big head. So like, was that Rigelians. a Rajelian? That's like... I, I'm like, Chris probably was like, you gotta draw me a Rajelian. Yeah, do a Rajelian, man. That'd be hilarious, yo. What we up? also got uh, Mentor from the Shi'ar, yep. who definitely looks like another character. He's supposed to. Okay. Yeah, that's Great. intentional. Yeah. And then who's this dude? The, um, with the weird hair and the eyebrows business? That's uh, old uh, weird hair Mc, Well, weird dude. hair Mc, here. Weird hair McDoody dude. Uh, so we've got this great governing board. Really fun. I like introducing that. You've got Alpha Flight then responding to a big uh, problem on Earth that is brought to their attention by Cree. Uh, Dr. Minerva, who is a Cree Science Academy yep. and a villain of Carol's shows up and she is powered up yep she is dangerous she just appeared in uh amazing spider-man not too long ago you just appeared in amazing spider-man in an issue that I, I, I have not been in amazing spider-man for years oh no not since uh one more day it wiped me out of continuity rightfully so <laughs> as it should be okay daredevil punisher number two written by charles soul Layouts by Riley Brown. Pencils and inks by Simon Kudransky. Colors by Jim Charlampetis. Charlampetis. Good old Jim Charlampetis. This is an infinite comic put into print. Uh, Daredevil and Blindspot have been tasked with getting a gangster who uh, is getting transferred to Texas. They have to get him to the airport. Unfortunately, the Punisher is involved. The Punisher does not want them to get there. We get some good Punisher versus Daredevil action, some really well-drawn, cool radar sense and stuff like that. Um, Blindspot gets in the mix. He has his first confrontation with the Punisher. The Punisher... Again, as always, you know, kind of a force of nature here, thinking he's on high moral ground because he's taking the criminal in and Daredevil's trying to protect the 
criminal. Um, some really well-coordinated stuff. If you didn't check this out as an infinite comic, make sure you do. And if you want the printed copy to hold on to, grab this as well. Yeah. All right, on to Darth Vader, number 22, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Salvador La Roca, colors by Edgar Delgado. This is uh, part three of End of Games. End of Games. <laughs> so, uh, Vader is now chasing after Silo, Kylo, however you pronounce his name. Silo. Yeah. Uh, he's a Kylo. scientist. A scientist who's turned traitor in the eyes of the Emperor and the Empire, and uh, Vader's former rival, who is now just full-on enemy, and Kylo's just been throwing things at Vader, kind of slowing Vader down, but at the same time, it's like, Vader's just like, would you please stop? I just want to kill you. Yeah. Just stand still for a second, Silo. For the love of the Force. Uh, The final thing, potentially, in Vader's way is Tulan Voidgazer and her cyber animate rancor. Oh my god, just these names. So good. Karen Gillan, you genius. Uh, so, rancor. You handsome genius. If you know your classic Star Wars, Which is I that do. the giant monster in Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi of that Luke has to face. Yep, Jabba's uh, pet. Yep. And oh snap! <laughs> Look who's got some Star Wars knowledge up in here. <laughs> do, 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 do. Ah, that classic Star Wars tune. Uh, so the, the he has to fight out. I don't know necessarily what a cyber animate rancor is. Something that is controlled by Tulan, I guess. Yeah. Um, but as it's still... a Star Wars buff, I am a little more familiar with it. <laughs> is that like the rancor that Luke fought in Gracchus, the Hutt's arena? In the main Star Wars series, uh, is it the same one? I'm not sure. Uh, no, I think it. I think it. I don't know. I but don't think so. I mean, there's lots of rancors. You know, it's like a they're, giant they're beast. Everywhere. That, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Oh, that one came from Mustafar, so right. probably not. Uh, so this one, uh, Vader has to fight one on one, and it's awesome. He doesn't have all the tricks that necessarily Luke had in Jedi, but uh, or. or the environmental factors. I, I was going to say, say, he has all the tricks. That yeah, he has, has more of the tricks. tricks. And we get to see uh, that even his force powers don't necessarily work against the Rancor because the Rancor's got like cyber bits and pieces in mm. his, you know, Oolong Yong or whatever. Yeah. You know, the piece around your neck, the Oolong yeah, Yong. The Oolong Yong. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a fun fight. It's really cool. The way that Vader has to deal with this is Vaderific. It's fantastic. But maybe Silo. Extraordinary X-Men number 11, written by Jeff Lemire, pencils by Umberto Ramos, inks by Victor Olazaba, colors by Edgar Delgado. The apocalypse wars continue in the far-flung future. The extraordinary X-Men have journeyed and are now battling the four horsemen of venomous symbiote guy moon knight deadpool and colossus all the horsemen have cool powers now uh their colossus can do stuff with his limbs deadpool, deadpool made ooh. me go oh yeah. gross really uncomfortable stuff from deadpool uh did you hear me oh gross no i heard you oh my god um but the x-men soldier on they're trying to protect this arc with all these mutant lives in it from Apocalypse and his horsemen. Apocalypse, the big A, finally does show up. He's attached to this whole world. He's inside a pyramid, obviously. Why would he be anywhere else? Uh, Nightcrawler and Storm go after him. Moon Knight comes on in there to try to do some business. I like that Jeff Lemire worked Moon Knight in here because he's, of course, the writer of Moon Knight. I will say, it's kind of sexy Apocalypse, too. Oh, yeah. It's very sexy Apocalypse. He's got no shirt on. Uh, He's kind of... 
kind of fit. Yeah. No, he's in good shape. He's definitely been doing his CrossFit. Yeah. Um, been doing his DDP yoga. Totes. Uh, looking good. I don't know how Storm is able to resist him, um, his charms, but that's because Storm is a professional. Yeah. And she is locked in, keyed into what she does. Um, Nightcrawler makes a pretty terrible mistake at the end of this book, <laughs> and it's going to screw everyone over. Way to go, Kurt. You jerk. I am sorry, mean friend. <laughs> that was like, it had the German words, but more of a Russian accent. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I can't. You're like, oh, oh. Yeah. It's crazy to think that I would do a German accent. Nein. Nein. That's, that's all I got. Nein. You get it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, Germany? <laughs> yeah. Right. Good times. Good times. Oh, it's me. Yes, Haunted Mansion number four is up next, written by Josh Williamson, art by Jorge Coelho, and colors by Jean Francois Ballou. And uh, this really like adds a bunch more layers to the inhabitants of the Haunted Mansion. We get to see some of that Madame Leota action, which is super cool. Uh, if you're familiar with the attraction, you know her deal. She likes her ex. Uh, we've also got Danny on the run trying to figure out what the hell's going on, how he can survive all this craziness in here. He's quote-unquote got some help from the captain, but maybe not really. Mm. Uh, the captain, kind of a D-bag. Oh, captain, my captain. Yeah, uh, we get to see some cool things that connect to the, the attraction. Just little bits and pieces, I think. Great little Easter eggs for fans uh, that also serve the story and serve the plot, which is super cool. And finally, Danny meets up with Madame Leota, uh, which... I, I would not want to be in his nope. shoes in that situation. For sure. No. Uh, but we're, we're, we'll see. Danny gets thrown uh, for a loop by the end. Hyperion number four, written by Chuck Wendig, art by Nick Varela, colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr., who may have my new favorite name out of all of our creators. Uh, definitely edging up there with John Francois Bayou. Um, <laughs> We get the origin of the Dark Carnival here. The Dark Carnival, not to be confused with the old WCW stable with the Insane Clown Posse. I was about to say, that is definitely an Insane Clown Posse thing. Yep, Insane Clown Posse definitely has what up? Get out your fago. Yeah, it would be great if the Insane Clown Posse were in Hyperion as members of the Dark Carnival. But spoilers, they are not. Did you ever watch Stranglemania? Yeah, you lent it to me. I still have the VHS. Mm I don't. I do have working VCRs, but I don't want to go through the trouble of putting them together. If I could just purchase Stranglemania, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way, you right? Must have it out I mean, like DVD not that or that footage is probably legal for them to use. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Not important. But Stranglemania, if you get a chance to watch it, is incredible. Yeah, great incredible. stuff. Great stuff. Um, anyways, we get Hyperion is a captive of the Dark Carnival. They are super gross. We've got the guy who does the thing with the worms. We've Ooh. got the guy who can elongate his limbs. We've got... Uh, hit with the light is... Yeah. The we've, we've, we've got a clown that spits out, like, bees or something. Ugh. Just, I really... Credit to Chuck Wendig for coming Ugh. up with really... Probably the most inventive, gross new villains of the year. We find out how they became the Dark Carnival. They were not always that way. Uh, Doll, who is Hyperion's buddy... Uh, comes back to the Dark Carnival and goes into the House of Horrors. We get the origin of the Dark Carnival, like I said. Uh, Hyperion, not really able to save the day here. Kind of been taken out of the equation. Doll having to step up. Uh, Nick Varela draws some disgusting stuff. It's very yeah. disturbing. This is a very disturbing book. 
Uh, but it's actually a little bit of fun, too. No, strike that. It's a lot of fun, too. It's a good book. And uh like what we're doing here with Hyperion. Interesting character. And someone shows up at the end who's going to make next issue a little Bone Zonerific. I do think, if you look at the cover for the next issue. Yeah. Uh, all right. On to Mockingbird number four. Mock. Yeah. In. Yeah. Bird comic. Yeah. Uh, so, Markingbird number four, written by Chelsea Kane. Oh, I love this comic so, so much. So good. Art by Makes me so happy. Kate Nimchik. Inks by Sean Parsons. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. It is such a great comic book. I want to slap you in the face if you're not reading it. But I won't. Josh isn't reading it. Uh, I love the Thunderball motif on the cover there. Are you reading the comic, Josh? I have not. Oh, yet. Get, no. get out. You're fine. Slap in the face. Oh. Monster. Uh, all right. One of the things that I love about this, they introduced Tim mm-hmm. in this. Yes. Which is ah, ah. total idea mechanics. Yep. And they Not are, to be confused with AIM, yeah. advanced idea mechanics. They are scientists with like orange uh, suits yeah. who are doing science work underwater. Uh, it's fantastic. Mockingbird goes down there to... Well, one, she has found, she's investigating uh, a bit of science. There's this thing killing off some animals. Mm-hmm. It also connects to something that's inside of her that she's trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. And she tracks it down to the Tim base, which is underwater. And lo and behold, who's captive in Tim's base? Oh, my God, it's Hawkeye. Hawkeye. And if you were looking for a book where Hawkeye's only in his underwear most this of the time, This is your book. This is your jam. This is your book. This is your jam. This is my jam. This is such a great book. You get uh, flashbacks to uh, Clint and Bobby in uh, like couples therapy, yep. which is Action hilarious. Uh, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, their fashions, hilarious. <laughs> Everything about it, great. Uh, there's punching. There's kicking. There's fun quips. There's. Um, if you want to talk about sassy. Uh, Red Skull's the sassiest Nazi. Yeah. Mockingbird may just be the plain, flat-out sassiest. She is awesome. Uh, so she does a little science on herself through this, and uh, maybe by the end she does a little science mm. on Hawkeye. Oh, you know what I'm saying? You know? The sweet sciences. Yeah. Uh, this book, yeah, I, I need you to read it. Mockingbird's fantastic. Uh, recommend it to everyone out there. Also recommend everyone out there checking out Silk, which is on issue number nine, written by Robbie Thompson, art by Stacy Lee, colors by Ian Herring. Silk. Yeah. Silk. Yeah. Silk. Silk comic. <laughs> so, uh, in the aftermath of Spider-Women, Silk is in more than ever with Black Cat, who thinks that evil Cindy Moon and our Cindy Moon were one and the same, and that she pulled off this incredible heist. So Black Cat and Silk go to Parker Industries. They're trying to steal some stuff. Uh, Initially, it seems like they're stealing this thing that cleans up any crime scene. They get stuck in an elevator shaft, so they've got time to talk, and Silk basically tells Black Cat her whole story, omitting certain parts about spider bites and being a hero, but talks about the bunker and all the traumatic stuff and she gets her and Black Cat you know has a moment of being you know human and makes Cindy feel better and then Black Cat recaps her origin and all the stuff she's been through so they're closer than ever and then speaking of Mockingbird she's in this book as well she is Silk's contact within shield she t- comes and tells her to, it's it's time to pull out it's time to get out of this operation she's in too deep silk agrees with her but unfortunately as we see yes pull out 
in too deep. What's going on with your words? <laughs> so, so the end of the issue is kind of a heartbreaker. Yes. Hey, you good? Yeah. Good? Uh, you good there? Right. Up all next, right. we've got Spider-Gwen Annual Number 1. Oh, this is so much fun. I had no idea what I was getting when I opened this book. There's like 8 million stories. Yep. It's like ADD theater yep. where every two seconds something new is happening. It's bananas. Yes. B -b 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 bananas. It's all written by Jason Latour. Wow. Which Inc impressive. So like, great. The range Latour shows off. You this get issue. Uh, a story of Gwen's first week. Uh, it's called like Spider-Gwen Week 1. Uh, it has, uh, basically it's set in a charity wrestling event yeah. where She-Hulk is the champion and you know you have to pin her. So it, it, it takes on that classic Spider-Man wrestling you know, origin bit, but with Spider-Gwen here. But we do get to see Peter and Uncle Ben in the crowd, which is fantastic. This is Jason putting his love for wrestling right in the forefront. Right there. I love it so much. Uh, we get to see, like, a little bit of uh, this crazy montage sort of um, in Gwen's head of her and She-Hulk teaming up, it's a lot fighting together, and it is hilarious and amazing. There's a lot of little homages throughout it. Uh, we get to see Uncle Ben lay in the smackdown. Oh my god, which, Uncle Ben dropping the meanest elbow. Oh, so good. Uh, the look he gives, it's yeah. fantastic. The art for that one is uh, Chris Brunner and Rico Renzi. Super fun tale. Uh, then we've got the origin of Koala Commander. One page, just... All you need. All you need. Yeah. Koala Commander even gets a little bit of quick facts so you can learn a little bit more mm. about Koala Commander. I and love... who wouldn't want to learn more about Koala Commander? His Josh. name is Koala Commander. Josh wouldn't, because he's yeah, a monster. Josh is too swept up in his Cold War politics yeah. to care about any of this. Yeah. Uh, we get Captain America and Spider-Gwen teaming up to face off against Baron Blood. And if you do not understand the whole Baron Blood ass stuff in this issue, I will slap you in the face with a purple handkerchief. It's How really great. Oh it's my really, gosh. really great. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I loved it so much. But, but, that, but. that part is super fun with Baron Blood. But then you get to, like, some really cool emotional stuff with mm -hmm. Captain America of Earth-65 and her connection to Steve Rogers. And I was just like, oh, there's emotional awesomeness throughout this, and I love it. And then, <laughs> and then it introduces the scariest version of MODOK I've ever seen. <laughs> it's MODOK. Which is a mental organism designed as America's king, and when you see it, You'll you will understand it. You'll it, get it, and it's terrifying. Yep. Um, all right, so that and that was all in one little you know team up story. Uh, it's art by Chris Visions and colors by Jim Campbell. Then we get to see uh, a story with the Watcher, who is watching over the Mary Janes, <laughs> and a really really <laughs> well, fun. Well, Watcher got assigned to watch over the Mary Janes. How did he draw that? He's yeah. like, hey. There's some, you know, <laughs> the girls part, in their teens, early, tw early 20s. Yeah. Go watch them sit around on their couch. And there's a great bit where one of the girls is like, when you were 19, what were you doing? And I'm thinking, when I was 19, I was doing zero. Yep. I was garbage. So, hey, man, it's terrific. okay. You, hey, you I'm shaped fine. Up. You shaped yeah, up. I did okay. Um, and that story... We have art by Olivia Margroth, is colored by Jean Rock. Uh, and finally, there's a uh, look at eight days in a week, or eight days a eight week. Eight days a week. Yeah, that sounds like a thing. That's a song. Yeah. Is that, what, what is that by uh, by uh, White Snake? No, no, <laughs> way older than that. Yeah. Uh, but we get a bunch of little sort of one and two page stories. Should get some White Snake up in here though. Yeah. Uh, one and two page stories. A variety of artists. We get to meet Spider Gwen. 
which is the Spider-Ham universe version of Spider-Gwen, yep. which is a penguin, and it is worth every penny uh, of this book. We get to see a really cool story uh, just about a woman who is inspired by Spider-Gwen, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Michael Walsh up in there. There's, you know, Javier Rodriguez stuff. There's just so much in so this good. issue. Jason it is... Latour actually wrote that. What do you mean? I didn't know he wrote for comics. J- Jason, not Jason Latour, our video editor. Jason Latour, oh, the professional I got, writer like, of really comics. Confused yeah. for a second. Two Jason. different Jason Latours, wow. both talented in their <laughs> yes. own special ways. I was like, Jason spelled Latour di- spelled differently. Jason Latour's been writing comics for us for like years, yeah. bro. But no, we get it. We have a video editor named Jason Latour. Yeah, Jason Latoure. Jason Latoure, but put the little flourish yeah. on top of e. Yeah. Very nice. Well done, Joshua. You have distinguished yourself yet again. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man number five, written by Brian Michael. Bendis, art by Sarah Pacelli with a quick inking assist by Gaetano Carlucci and colors by Justin Ponzor. Back at the dorm, Ganki and is it Ganki? Ganki? I mean, I've say said it. it both ways. We should have. We should have. We should have asked Brian when he was on with us. <laughs> God, <laughs> so stupid. Um, <laughs> Ganki is welcoming Gold Balls in as their new roommate. Uh, they talk about how inappropriate it was for Ganky to spill Miles' secret identity. Then they check in on this girl who is in love with Miles and really excited about the fact that he is a hero of color. Uh, but where is well, Miles? And the thing about this? that is, I liked it because it's it's very like looking at internet culture. It's someone mm-hmm. who is in love with the concept yep. of Miles as Spider-Man and like this whole thing. Who is sort of like he's my internet boyfriend and this whole mm-hmm. thing, which is. She has no idea who she has he is. No idea she has no going. idea what yeah. he's what yeah. his deal is, and it's like, it is like it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Quick diversion out to lunch where. Mama, lo- can we have lunch? What are we eating lunch oh, right now? Oh God, I wish. Yeah. What a dream. I don't have a. I don't it's have the, any free time for lunch. I don't know when today. you're gonna eat lunch today, man. I I I missed lunch twice last week. Yeah. It's it's hard times. Cerilli ate lunch at five thirty yesterday. Well, that's really. Yeah. You know that's not, that's that's life. It's life in the hard Cerilli. Uh, no. Nope. Strike that one uh, from the record. Strike that one from the record. Uh, we do go out to lunch, however, with uh, Mama Morales and her mama, who is trying to get a private investigator to go investigate Miles, and it's a great little Easter egg there. Miles, where is he while all this is going on? He's captured by Hammerhead and the breakout character of 2016, Black Cat, who's everywhere. She is everywhere. You cannot escape her. Uh, Miles uses his usual tricks. Actually, not his usual tricks. His unusual tricks utilizes his powers in a different way to get out of there. Fights Hammerhead. I feel like his Venom Blast is the most potent weapon in the Marvel Universe. Like, he takes out so many people with that little thing. Yeah. It's it's incredible. All right. So he does manage to get away. They steal one of his web shooters. They steal one of his web shooters. He has a confrontation with Black Cat. He heads back to the... uh, well, he webs some guys up for... He webs Hammerhead and some guys up for the police station. There's a joke from Bendis that only Bendis would... Oh, my God. That, that in there... Yeah. Some of y'all are going to be like, oh, oh, no, they didn't! Yeah. Just like that. So then finally he gets back with Yankee and Gold Balls and kind of discusses what's going on. There's some stuff going on with his dad. Yes. And there's some stuff going on with a private investigator mm. hired. And this is going to be great when Civil War Two spills into Spider-Man next issue plus all that we just saw. Hot damn, that's a great comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what else is a great comic book? I bet you're going to tell me. Spider-Man Deadpool number six. Yeehaw! Uh, Josh, mark down the time. Stop drawing weird clowns and stuff. 
Mark down the time, because I'm about to curse, and we're going to need to bleep it. Sounds good. Holy <laughs> comic was great. Cursed twice there. Yeah, I cursed the, twice there. For the record. Make sure it's fully bleeped out. Uh, <laughs> this is written by Scott Aukerman. Yep. Pencils Tommy by Riley. Yeah, Scott we'll get there. Okay, Pencils sorry. by Riley so Brown. Inks by Rick Magyar, Lebu Underwood, and Scott Hanna. Col- colors by Jason Keith. So, yes, Scott Aukerman is the host of Comedy Bang Bang, both the podcast and the television show. He is hilarious. If you do not already listen to Comedy Bang Bang, I listen to the podcast more than I watch the show. Mm -hmm. I watch the show when I can, but I I listen to the podcast because it's ridiculous. It's just, it's basically Scott interviewing someone and they just do improv bits throughout the whole thing. Then they have characters that come in. Uh, I listened to one with Weird Al the other day. Oh yeah, Weird Al is now Weird Al is now the the basically like the co-host of the TV show show, and like the band leader, quote unquote. But he was on the podcast, and it was ridiculous. It's crazy. Jason Manzukis was is on all the time. I mean, there's tons of people. um, uh, What's his name? F. Scott, not F. Fitzgerald. Scott. Not F. Scott Fitzgerald. The beloved author? Yeah. F. Scott Fitzgerald <laughs> is on it all the time. But anyway, Paul F. Tompkins uh, is, is on it, who is really great on Comedy Band Mag. A Canadian. Is he? He is. Terrific. He's one of those sneaky Canadians you can never tell. So this is set up immediately to be super funny because, of course, Riley is great. Oh, man. He's great with anything Deadpool, but he's great with... Like fun, yeah, little sight gags, yeah, tons of sight gags and fun stuff. So, this rolls into just being uh, a riotous episode set in Hollywood for the most part. Uh, Hollywood, where the uh, the salmon stuntman oh. is basically a mocap artist, the character find of 2016. Yeah, uh, the mocap, this mocap artist called the salmon stuntman. Says to Deadpool, they're making a movie about you. Mm-hmm. Come with me. I want you to be a part of this. So many meta jokes in here. It's, it's it delightful. starts like spiraling out into insanity. There's parts where I'm like, I can't believe this got approved. Right? Yeah. And I'm so happy it did. Yeah. I was delighted. There's a like ton this, of stuff. Like this is a comic I feel like Jordan White's probably gonna get yelled at about. And I'm okay with it. I'm it okay with Jordan it. gets yelled at about yeah, anything. You know? That's fine, but this is fantastic comic book absolutely uh there's stuff with comic bookery yeah with wolverine and storm and x-men and then daredevil and captain america when when you're talking about movies and rights and you know comic books and all kinds of stuff there's this great bit where they just meet the producer of the deadpool movie uh we get to see who's starring in this deadpool movie set in this universe Mm mm-hmm and, uh, Let's don't skate over the fact that Spider-Man's an associate producer, associate which producer. I love. That's how Deadpool gets him to come out uh, and help him out. He goes, number one, he's all number one. I like that Deadpool's just like, come on, Spider-Man, I need your help. Who knows more about movies getting made of them than you? <laughs> oh, God, uh, it's, yeah, it's so good. And then Spider-Man's like, no, I have no interest. And Deadpool's like, what if I make you an associate producer? He's like, done. I'm there. <laughs> I want to be an associate producer. Uh, one of the things that like killed me was there's a mention. Uh, so the the star of Deadpool. Pool is named Donald Dryans. Uh-huh. Uh, Makes sense. Who definitely has a, a passing resemblance to someone else. Familiar face, but if you will. Uh, he makes a mention of having read the Goldenrod revisions, mm-hmm. which, if you're just a comic book fan, you don't know anything about like scripts and Hollywood television movies. Yeah. That's just like, I don't know, I don't know what the hell that means. But I read a lot of scripts for television and movies. And so they're colored. Like mm. each version has a different color. So. 
And I've just I've always wondered why the hell is goldenrod ever been yeah. a, a, a color version? But it is. It is. It's accurate. More of that Hollywood magic being yeah. thrown in by Scott Ackerman. It's fantastic. There's uh, there's just really crazy stuff. It um, it, you have Deadpool fighting you know against the uh, the salmon stuntman and what seems to be real but isn't but is but isn't uh, some craziness. <laughs> there's funny. You see the twist. There's a great like old school Scooby Doo moment in oh, here, yeah. which made me crack up. There's uh, this. <laughs> bit about Deadpool. There's uh, references to other uh, programs. There's a Hangdown Man uh, reference, which made me so happy. <laughs> if you, please, listen to Comedy Bang Bang uh, on uh, the podcast. You will totally get that. And you'll go, I understood that reference, and it made me laugh, uh, because I've randomly said that at times, and uh, because I listen to that show. Uh, really great. Everything throughout it. you got dinosaurs. you got mass characters. you got references to all kinds of stuff. You've got... Uh, Another sick burn. Yeah, a couple of sick oh, burns right at the God. end. I was just like, they just torched. Terrible. Woo. I felt bad. Woof. Y'all better read this. I know. I think we'll we'll get to it in the comments and questions. Someone picked up Spider-Man, Deadpool because of us. If you yeah. have not yet, excellent. Y'all best get on that because this, this is your is, one. And this is the fill-in issue. This is a damn villain. Yeah. How they doing? Oh, it? So good. So good. Final issue time for Star Lord as uh, it's issue number eight. Writer Sam Humphreys is going into retirement, so this book is ending along with Sam's comic book career. Sam, we wish you well. We love you. We love you, Sam, and we hope whatever you do next, uh, you you get plenty of green. You find that muse. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep keep hunting it down. Keep reaching for the stars. Don't stop believing. Yeah. Art by Javier. Yeah. Art by Javier Garone and Will Robson. Color art by Antonio Fabella. Kitty, Pride, and Star-Lord are, cap- are captives of the Collector who demands to know why they broke up. So finally, Kitty spills the beans on why she and Peter broke up. It's really sad. They were a really fun couple. Um, and it really seems like they didn't need to break up. It's not some huge thing. He doesn't cheat on her. She doesn't do something horrible to him. It's just two people who maybe went too fast and kind of grew apart as a result. Um Kitty uses this moment to distract the collector. She frees a bunch of creatures from his menagerie. You get a nice splash page of cool things. I think that's zombie Dirk Anger there. Um, Which he was he yeah. was pretty much in that state yeah. by the end of you Next get, Wave. You get Dupe, you get Gatecrasher, you get a big monkey. It's a lot of fun. Oh my god, the monkey says Uga Chaka. The monkey says Uga Chaka multiple times. Uh, that poor scroll. Yeah, Peter Quill hits a nice... And there are nice scrolls. There are scrolls. I mean, he, nice. he was impersonating someone. And yeah. Like, like there was, there's a nefarious I side suppose. to it. But at this point, the scroll is just like, I love you, computer. Yeah, I love the bit with um, Lydia the computer and how she makes friends with the scroll. Uh, Peter hits the scroll with a baseball bat. They get saved by the. Well, not last people they were exciting, but before they uh, before they get into that, they think they, they give a little tease of you know maybe we should give it another shot, and I want them to give it another shot. Sure, but unfortunately, it's the last issue, yep. so we're not going to see that. Maybe it'll happen in Guardians of the well, Galaxy. It says Star Lord and Kitty, Kitty Pride's, Pride's adventures. adventures continue in Guardians of the Galaxy number ten. So one can only hope. I'm pulling for uh, what's their name? Starcat. Yeah, what's their shipping name? Hmm. You know, how I, I'm down with the kids. As, yes. a, as a millennial, uh, I know these things. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, on to Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, oh, oh, oh. number nine, uh, written by Ryan North, pencils by Erica Henderson, inks by Tom Fowler, yes. uh, colors by Rico Renzi. But we do have 
David Malky mm-hmm. doing the Mole Man's Deal section, which we'll get to in a bit, and Braden Lamb doing the trading car art, which I always love. By the end of the recap page, I've already feel like I've gotten a full enjoyable yeah. issue of Squirrel Girl. Yeah, the this recap is the page most... doesn't even need to recap anything. It's just hilarious. It's just uh, this is one of the greatest comics ever produced. Yeah, period. This series is going to go down in history. Uh, anyway, so we get this little bit of history for Mole Man uh, and Craven, which is, the art on that is bonkers. Really, really good. cool. Really, really David good. Malky doing some really like classic illustration, like Victorian era stuff. It's fantastic. You get Giganto with boxing gloves on. Mm. If that's not enough to sell you on this book, then... What's wrong with you? You're in the wrong... You're apartment. a monster. You're listening to the wrong podcast. Don't Just turn kidding. off our podcast. Just kidding. Yep. This is the right podcast for you and for all people. Please rate it five stars on iTunes and give it give a great a nice review. review. Yeah, we would appreciate that fully. Yep. Uh, and so you get into this story that has Squirrel Girl uh, going up against Mole Man. Mole Man. And Mole Man is pissed off because Mole he's Mole Man. Man. Yeah, his life's terrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's always dumping stuff down into his house. They're just being mean. They're all <laughs> like, you say into his house. Yeah, his house being all of underneath the, pl- Un- the underground front is his house. All of it. Yep, one hundred percent. And he's really pissed off. And Squirrel Girl's like, "Hey, I'm sorry. Yeah, I for my part in this, I wronged you. I I'm, feel bad. bad. I feel my bad about what I bad. did." And Mole Man doesn't know how to take this. He's totally... It's like his world's turned flipped upside down. And he has to deal with that and uh, uh, has a great talk with Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl is in the middle of a terrible date, terrible date. with a superhero truther, mm-hmm. which is just uh, hilarious. Like the worst. Uh, it's really, really funny. Then Mole Man just having not really... Uh, he has he does not have good social skills. I was going to say, does not really have social graces, as it were. Yeah. Uh, everything goes really weird for uh, for Doreen. Uh, then she goes back and tells Nancy and tells uh, Koi, Koi Boy. Boy. Koi Boy, so great. Uh, what's going on? And Mole Man, of course, uh, takes carp, things too far. Oh, yeah, oh carp. Oh carp. Uh, uh, Mole Man takes things too far multiple times. Uh, by the end, the the last panel of this is one of my favorite Squirrel Girl panels. Just it's great. For, like how serious and like she is but at the same time like the dialogue mm-hmm. is so squirrel girl i love this comic it's book it's a wonderful so comic it's it's in that that rarefied air of comics that i don't even need to know what it's about i just pick it up and know i'm going to enjoy it yes 100% uncanny and humans number 11 tie into civil war 2 written by charles soul art by carlos pacheco inks by andy owen colors by david curiel can i say that i had to catch up on a couple issues of uncanny and humans and i read number 10 mm-hmm. last night obviously before number 11 mm. and that That's one with reader holy crap yeah that reader issue was fantastic very intense very Whoa. intense i wasn't here for when we talked yeah, about we it when, it was out of, when you were out of here but Damn. uh it continues here um medusa leads the inhumans into a retreat after tony stark has kidnapped ulysses uh, she says, tells Carol Danvers and the rest of the Ultimates A-Force conglomerate, hey, we're going to leave it alone. We're going to go back to New Adelan. You guys handled the Tony Stark situation. Then she gets back and she goes, okay, guys, we're going to ruin Tony Stark's life. We're going to systematically Yo, destroy everything that. that's important to him because that's what Inhumans do. It's harsh, yo. It's really bad. We get the debut of Mosaic, who's a big new character. He's going to be getting his own series in the fall. 
Uh, we have other members of the Inhumans doing stuff to screw with Tony's AI, to screw with his bank account, to blow up his cars. Oh, man, Lockjaw blows up all of Tony's cars <laughs> with a bunch of grenades. And Tony's just like, ugh. This is terrible, but whatever. I get it. I, I did something. I got to pay the price. Um, and then Maximus gets roped in. You th They do a nice little misdirect here when you think it's one of the Inhumans going to Maximus, but it's really yes. a completely different Inhuman. And then the thing that Medusa said she didn't want to do because it would be punishing people who are not Tony Stark happens, and it means we're only going to get escalation next issue. Right. All right, we've got Uncanny X-Men number nine, written by Colin Bunn, art by Ken Lashley, colors by Nolan Woodard. Ken Lashley, so good. Yep. So good. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of things going on here. You've got uh, Magneto, who's been captured, and they're looking for him. Psylocke, who's uh, fighting a number of different things and a number of different people. You've got M and Sabretooth, who are dealing with M's brother. What's his face? And dealing with their emotions, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, his name is M-Plate. M-Plate, yeah. If M and Sabretooth don't get to the bone zone oh. quick, then I think everybody's going to explode. I know. You know? The sexual tension, you could cut it with, with a, a knife. knife. Uh, you've got Archangel, who is just like waiting on the on the fringes to come in and, and throw down some of his poison darts. Mm. Uh, Phantom X, you find out what his deal is up in here. Callisto gets knocked around like a, a two-bit hamster. You get to see <laughs> Genocide, who is... <laughs> Just such a scumbag. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he is Poor Apocalypse's son. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. He's he just, a, he's a product of his environment. Never had a chance. Yeah, you know, nature versus nurture. You know, right? And uh, it's just a whiz bang. Venom, Space Knight number nine, written by Robbie Thompson, art by Kim Jacinto and R. B. Silva, colors by Java Tartaglia, uh, Venom, Flash Thompson. They're going at it, uh, and by that I mean Flash is. He's been enveloped by the symbiote, who is basically replaying all his worst memories of his life from when he was a kid, when he was getting abused by his dad, from when he was a bully to Peter Parker, which he now feels terrible about, to his mom getting victimized, to all these things designed to kind of undercut Flash and make him think, yo, you just got to let me drive, let me take over, let me be a monster. You're a monster. You're so a monster. So why don't you want to be a monster? Uh, it's all about Flash's willpower. That's the only thing that can stop Venom. His allies are going after Venom on the outside. They do manage to uh, get Venom under control, and Flash realizes that something is missing from the Venom equation that is making Venom so violent and terrible. And he thinks he has to go to the planet of the symbiotes to find it, but it may be closer to home. Mm. Mm. All right, last book of the week is X-Men, Worst X-Men Ever, number five, which might be out this week, might mm -hmm. be out next week. Who knows? We're going to talk about it. Let's talk about uh, it. So this is the final issue of the limited series by Max Bemis, pencils and inks by Mike Walsh, and colors by Ruth Redman. It is fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the story about Bailey, who is, as you know, as said, the worst X-Men yeah, ever. as advertised. Yeah. He has uh, mutant power to explode. And kill himself. Yeah. So pretty much he can't use his mutant power. But uh, it's set sort of in the future after the event. Basically, this, you know, no good uh, mutant character, this Riches. X-Men, Riches, mm -hmm. can turn things to gold, and he killed the professor. Like a modern-day King Midas. Yeah. But, like, he can control it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... Which King Midas couldn't do. No. Everything guy. he touched turned to, Poor guy. Turned to gold. Uh, he is basically in charge of things. He's a ruler. He's... Mm -hmm. 
It's a dystopian future uh, where mutants have quote unquote won, and uh, <laughs> there's this party that Riches throws, and we get to see appearances by Joseph, Maggot, Skin. X-Men, Cyclops. I like that Cyclops yeah. is lumped in with that group. Yeah. Poor Cyclops. Yes. Max Bemis really must not like Cyclops. Yep. Uh, so we get to see the return of another character from the series, Miranda, who's basically got the power to do anything. Whatever she wants. Which is do awesome. It. And I love the way that she's handled as, like, not... She's she's just pretty normal. She's, she's very nonplussed by it. Yeah. She, she deals with things in a really great way. Some really cool looks at potentials and what-ifs and what could-have-beens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, it's an ending that is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it's it was a, a great it's story. A thinker. It was fun. Yeah. Max Boos did a great really, job. Really, really great story. First big thing, full thing that Max has done for us. And great job. All right. Twim of the week. Oh man, it's a hard one. I want to. I really want to pick Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really want to pick Spider Gwen Annual. Mm-hmm. Spider Man. Well, I'll was do fantastic. that for you. I'm gonna pick Spider Gwen Annual. Wow. So okay. that's one off your list. I thought Spider Gwen Annual was just a tour de force. Bravissimo. Yes. Uh, the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Amazing. Uh, Black Panther. Cap Steve Rogers. All good. My money has so to go. Look. Down to Spider Man. Deadpool. There number six. Knew that was coming. Yes. Very good. Yes. Mr. Weiss, which do you want to read first? Or is it Vice? I was going to, it's, I guess in the old country it was Vice. Mm. Ah, the old country. Uh, Cold War era. Uh, I'm going to go with Spidey Deadpool also. There you go. Spider-Man Deadpool leading the pack. Good choice. Good choice. Some more good choices you guys could make this week would be to pick up some of these collections on sale, including Angela, Queen of Hell, Journey to the Thunder World. Love it. Avengers Standoff in hardcover. Color your own James Patterson. Now, to be clear, that's a James Patterson book, not an actual person who you get to color. I wonder if, like, other cities get the the cool, like, quirky James Patterson book commercials that we get in New York. Oh, they're great. Because uh, it's him basically just talking about his books, mm-hmm. and he's, like, he's just got this manner about him. It's fantastic. I love it. He's a hoot. Illuminati, knife, Life of Crime. Knife of Ooh. Crime. I just, I just came up with a cool Put that title. one in your brain yeah, bank and put hold that it one in there. We're going to do something with Knife of Crime. Uh, Infinity Entity, Starbrand and Nightmask, Eternity's Children, Attend University. Probably the longest title of a trade paperback. I don't even know how that fit on there. Thunderbolts Classic Volume 2, Ultimates Omniversal Volume 1, Start with the Impossible. Uncanny X-Men, Superior Volume 1, Survival of the Fittest, and Venom Space Knight Volume 1, Agent of the Cosmos. Finally, Vision Volume 1, Little Worse Than a Man. Gotta pick up that stuff. Vision, obviously, a breakout hit here. Yeah. Digital comics on sale this week include a lot of the books we talked about. Not all of them, because some of them were already available digitally. But on top of uh, the ones that are new on digital, we have Ultimate Spider-Man Infinite Comic Number 3. Also on the app this week, we've got Bishop, The Last X-Men, number 15. Bishop. Fantastic Four, 143 through 145. Uh, Gambit, number 23. I like that. Gambit. Gambit, number 23. Giant Size Avengers, number 3. Giant Size Wolverine, number 1. Incredible Hulk, 197. Ms. Marvel, 2 through 14. That's from the 1970s. Mm -hmm. Thor, 375 through 377. 379 through 410. And 413 through 416. Thunderbolts, 132 through 137, as well as 144 through 147. X-Men, 107. 
X-Men Unlimited 29 from the 90s series, and number 12 from the 2000s series. Digital collections on sale. Angela, Queen of Hell, Journey to the Thunderworld, cracks me up every time. <laughs> Avengers Standoff, Carnage Classic, Illuminati, Knife of Crime. I did it on purpose. You did that it. Time. Uh, <laughs> Life, we got Life you. of Crime. Legendary Star-Lord, Volume 3, First Flight. Miss Marvel, Volume 5, Super Famous. Starbrand and Nightmask, Eternity's Children, Attend University. The Infinity Entity. Ultimates Omniversal Volume 1, Start with the Impossible, Uncanny X-Men Superior Volume 1, Survival of the Fittest, Venom Space Knight Volume 1, Agent of the Cosmos, Vision Volume 1, Little Worse Than a Man, Avengers X-Men Maximum Security, Miss Marvel Masterworks Volume 1, Thunderbolts, Cage, Wolverine, Blood and Sorrow, and X-Factor Visionaries by Peter David Volume 4. Speaking of Cage, do you watch Lucha Underground yet? No. Oh... Brian Cage <laughs> is so good. He's huge, right? He's just like a he's a mammoth man, but he can do Rey Mysterio like yeah. stuff. Wait, should we talk about Roman Reigns? Uh, I was surprised WWE talk about? talked about Roman Reigns yeah, they, on the show. Was on last the show night. last night. That's yeah. crazy, right? That's crazy. How does he come back from that? Uh, he better come back a heel. I hope so. He better come back being a jerk, full of piss and vinegar. Yeah, I didn't yeah. finish watching Raw last night. So I don't know the full outcome, but I assume they're going to go full five-way? five, man, five way. Uh, No. No? Three-man. Neither of those guys won their matches. Didn't Rollins win? Rollins won, but Cena and Styles needed to win oh, for oh, the buy-in. I see, I so see. Cena and Styles cost each other matches, so presumably they'll fight again. I love that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to have another match at Battleground because it's just... It's so great. They're Raven and Tommy Dreamer, you know? They can just have unlimited matches, and you never get sick of it. That is the best reference to their, like, relationship and rivalry. It's awesome. I love it so much. I love it. Like, they had a match last week. They're having another match at the pay-per-view. It's not like, like, for instance, right now, I'm kind of sick of seeing Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin wrestle. I could do without seeing them wrestle anymore. But I can see unlimited uh, Zayn Owens matches. They can just keep going. Their interviews are great. Their matches are great. Just top-notch stuff. How hyped are you for the Cruiserweight uh, Challenge or whatever it's called? Cruiserweight uh, Classic? Classic. Yeah, Cruiserweight Classic. I'm very excited. I'm going to be watching that. That Full board. That is my Olympics. Yeah. My wife is getting really excited for the Olympics. I don't care. I'm excited for the Cruiserweight Classic. Me too. Me too. It's going to be on Wednesdays too, so it's going to be that and NXT the same day every week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hot dog. Uh, What were we talking about? All right. Freshly digitized comics (laughs) on Marvel Unlimited. We've got all new Wolverine number three, Astonishing Ant-Man number two, Black Knight one through five, Captain America White number five, Carnage number three, Chewbacca number five, Chewbacca, Chewbacca, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme number nine, Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom Triumph and Torment. That is a must-read. I like that we're putting out like little mini trade paperback collections. It's very cool. Yeah, that is uh, like a classic old uh, Marvel graphic novel, I think. But Mm -hmm. it's just a—it was an oversized production. It's in—it's not in a regular comic book format size-wise. I have the original at home. Mike well, Mignola since, art. They've since put it out in the, okay. in the normal size. Right. But it's got Mike Mignola art, yeah, a rarity cool. at Marvel, and it's it's gorgeous. I love him. Yeah, you do. Whoa. Because you're... Big Hellboy fan. Yeah. He's great. As well as the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> well, Way so. to own it. Yeah. Way to own it. Uh, Drax number two, Guidebook to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel's Thor, Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. number three, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man Spider-Verse number two, Marvel's Captain America Civil War Prelude number two, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number two, New Avengers number four, 
Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat, number one. Yeah. Favorite oh, of mine. One of my favorite if books. you've not been hip to that series, now's your chance. It's on Marvel that, Unlimited. That Read it. Patsy Walker, Hellcat, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Howard the Duck, corner of the Marvel Universe is just an unending source of delight. It's a one, two, three, three. punch. Yep. Just like they do in the boxing. Uh, Spider-Woman, number two. Squadron Supreme, number two. Star-Lord, number two. Venom Space Knight, number two. And Warlock Chronicles, six through eight. Those are the Blood and Thunder installments Ooh. of Warlock Chronicles. Yeah, they are. Better, best believe. Uh, all right, let's throw in some news. Okay, so you guys have no doubt been following the teasers we've been putting out for the past week, two weeks for Marvel Now, the new Marvel Now coming this fall. Uh, by the time this podcast hits, there should be some details out. You guys are going to know. We've got a previews catalog coming out, just like we did last year. It's going to be full of books. Uh, Ryan and I have both taken a look at it, and we are very excited. Oh, boy. And uh, oh boy. if you've seen the art by Mike Diodato, you know it's a really good mix of established characters and whoa where did they come from characters so very excited about marvel now uh there will be more in the weeks to come we're going to start announcing titles and then we're going to put out the magazine that's going to have all the titles and we'll have plenty of great interviews and stories and all sorts of stuff on that uh it's stark week stark week here on marvel.com nothing but stark week except for all the other stuff we do which means uh tj deach who you may know from saluting captain america or from star wars Spotlight. salute your shorts i love that show <laughs> he is taking on iron man this week he's doing a little spotlight on a bunch of different iron man issues and i know that adrian and alex have a lot of cool stuff planned for stark week as well including the every iron man armor ever that has gone up i think it's already up yeah we should by the time you guys are reading this we should be fully into four of them yep i think yeah it's great good stuff over in games uh there's a new spec up going on in marvel avengers alliance it's cosmic uh rich rider nova is now available in case you missed the memo on that one um and then the big thing this week in games is captain america's 75th anniversary they did this cool thing where each of the gaming partners introduced a new never seen before version of Captain America. So like for instance, Marvel Puzzle Quest has Peggy Carter as Captain America. Avengers Alliance has American Knight, which is like a version of Black American Knight. American Knight. Yeah. So every day this week we've got a different article on a different game and how they're showcasing a new Captain America for the 75th anniversary. Out of sight. Yes. Uh, live events. I wanted to make another mention. San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, obviously you want to bring your Marvel MasterCard to the show, but you also want to bring your butt to a special live episode of This Week in Marvel. Bring your butt. Bring your butt. Um, we're going to have a fun guest. Maybe more than one guest. We're going to bring some giveaways, hopefully. Uh, and it's going to be likely on the Thursday of Comic-Con, outside the main Comic-Con building. Uh, but it'll be a fun reason to get out, yes. stretch your legs, come to the show, have some fun with us. Really good. I will call in. Sure. We can I'm, figure I'm, out how to do yeah, that. Yeah, let's figure out how to do that for this Tell time. Blake. I will. Make it work. Oh, man. <laughs> just anticipating and asking Blake for something is just always uh, it's always a fun a hoot nanny it's always a hoot nanny uh, also I want to make a mention that it is Stark Week and we're also celebrating that on Thwip the big Marvel mm. show this week so make sure you watch that episode because I definitely get my face painted by Lorraine mm. with makeup is this also the week that we have the, the segment we filmed last week or is that later on that will show up in a later episode okay very excited. Yes. Big stuff coming up for Twitter. Yes. Uh, all right. Now, let's go to the West Coast. It's the West Coast. Show me the Wolfman. It's the West Coast. Show me the Wolfman. 
It's the West Coast, show me in the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Hello there, this week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. For another thrilling installment of the Stromy and the Wolfman show, starring the Wolfman and Stromy. I'm adjusting our audio levels because Wolfie was sort of tweaking out on it. That's a sharp... How do we get that sniffle? Out of the sniffle register. Yeah, well, I'm a little congested, okay? Patrick gets to sit next to me and listen to me sniffle all day long. He hates me. I put headphones in most of the day. That's fair. Uh, what we got to talk about this week? Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4 has a premiere date. September 20th, new time slot, 10, 9 central. Still on ABC. Um, not really much we can share about season four just yet, other than we got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, you can also check out, we posted uh, on social media and on um, Marvel.com a photo of the San Diego, the Old Town trolleys. Uh, we've wrapped them with some Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. art in the past, and we've done so again. And that's really all we can say about that as well. Because obviously they're just like generic art. Just go check them out. And I um, check them out. No, I know I'm telling people go check them out. Uh, well, well, well. In the world of TV, Marvel's Daredevil season one won a Nebula Award for best. Uh, Saturn Award. There we go. Not Nebula. Nebula is a different science fiction genre award. They won a Saturn Award for uh, best new media television series. And that's not the only Saturn Award we won. Correct, it is not. We won the only Nebula Award we won? <laughs> uh, we also won, Marvel's Ant-Man won um, best comic to film movie? Motion picture. Motion picture. And Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron won best... Costume design. Best costume design. This is why we keep Patrick around, because he has a better memory than me, and also he's not sick. I don't know. I've, you're half right, I'd say. Um, uh, so we have that. What else? What so else? That, I, by Mike, I think my count said that, that we have at least 13 Saturn Awards now? Yeah, well, yes. We might have more than that. No, no I, think, I think it's 13 maybe for Marvel Studios since Iron Man. I think so, yeah. That sounds right. And we've won three consecutive years for best uh, comic to film motion picture because they, they just came up with that award three years ago and Iron Man 3, Guardians of the Galaxy, and now Ant-Man. Ant-Man was a very good movie. I yeah. really loved Ant-Man. Um, That's not the only Marvel Studios news that we have. Oh, yes. Yeah, Go mean, ahead, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I gave him a look like I have no idea what you're... Yeah. Complete fright of what are you about to say right now. Nope, nope, Whatever you can is, say it. Can't talk about nope, it. you can talk about it. You can say it. Uh, well, we... By the time you listen to this, we will have announced that Marvel's Captain America Civil War, which I believe is still currently in theaters, you can go see it. Uh, it's it's probably approaching the end of its run since it's been almost two months since two, it... 
no, two and it, no, one, two months. Yes, it's been, it's been, it's been almost two months. Yes, since it's been released. Man, um, well, I am so out of it today. We, I don't know why he showed up. We announced that uh, it'll be hitting digital download on September second, which is a Friday. Yeah, that's a Friday. It'll be available for digital HD download. And then on September 13th, it'll be out on 3D Blu-ray, Blu-ray, and DVD. Um, so yeah, we announced that. Take, take the uh, biggest superhero film of the year home with you. Or you don't even need to take it home with you. You can just sit in your home and it yeah, comes to you. Yeah, you can just you. enjoy it without leaving your home. Yes. If you're a shut-in. Like Which me. is probably like me. Yeah. Um, well, so I think that's pretty much all we got in terms of news. Um, reminder, next week we'll, we will be doing the next uh, TWIM URC West Coast edition. And for some random reason, I decided to go with um, Talking Primates with Guns as the theme. So we are going with Gorilla Man, number one through three, and uh, Hit Monkey, number one through three. little double action of... Talking primates running around being awesome. So there's Great. that. Uh, and after this, well, after you know, about three seconds, you will be able to. You, no, all right, three, so long answer. Yeah, you're a little too short on you'll, that one. You, you'll, be, you'll be able to hear Patrick talk with. Who'd you talk with today? Steve Wacker, Harrison Wilcox, and Liz, whose name, last name I forgot. Because she is brand new, but you'll be able to hear her. You, you, you it might be Smith. You Sullivan. You, you just interviewed her like yeah. thirty minutes ago. I take back about, what I said about. We talked about all things Marvel animation, from Harry Potter to Bruce Springsteen to Brexit to Lord of the Rings. All of it's covered in this next segment of Marvel animation. <laughs> All right, stay tuned for that if you really want to, I guess. <laughs> um, <coughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. I'm good. I'm good. Apologies, everyone. I'm back. All right. Well, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to shorten the sign out so I don't hack. Uh, I'll just say thank you for listening and stay tuned. Hello out there. This week in Marvel, this is Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh, and I am joined by... Harris Wilcox. As well as... Stephen Wacker. And we're not done there because we also have... Liz Rand. That's right, the famous Liz Rand. I just uh, invited Liz to join us for this week's podcast because she just joined us from uh, Marvel New York, from the publishing side. Yeah. And she is our brand new uh, current series coordinator. And how thrilled are you to be out on the West Coast? The best coast, some might say. I can't even tell you. I'm, I'm the vest coast. <laughs> the vest coast. I'm wearing a vest right now. That's we're um, actually all wearing vests. So that, is, <laughs> that is that where that comes from? Yeah. That we're all assigned vests when we come into California. Yeah. I thought that was weird. Make, makes yeah. sense. The test coast. <laughs> where did where'd Harrison go? <laughs> well, all right. I guess it's just the three of us. Harrison. Oh, what's that? Come in, Harrison. Are we done talking about vests? I'm back. Well, yeah. Now you have your vest. That's the, you left to go get it. Uh, Come in. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, what are you doing here? Hey, Marvel, I just wanted to stop by and talk about these great cartoons you got on. Oh, <laughs>
Oh, see Bruce. You just jumped out the window. That's why you, that's why you didn't hear him leave or anything. That's why they call the him the boss, man. He <laughs> he comes and goes as he pleases. Yeah. Nothing like jumping out the window of a first story building. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got a concert to perform later tonight. The best coast! Oh, hey, hey, see Bruce. He just drove by in his convertible. Uh, well, come in. Hello, everybody. It's Brexit. <laughs> oh, oh, Brexit is here. Wow. It's, uh... Quick, get on Twitter. <laughs> More, more like the uh, ununited kingdom. Let's talk about this week's shows, yeah? No, our governor. Yeah, sure. Uh. <laughs> Who is it? Hey, Brexit. Uh, you gotta leave. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Oh, I, hey, oh. who are you? Oh, you're Brexit's assistant. <laughs> uh, it's too bad we didn't hear that on the microphone. Right. So uh, We're this all week. Out of time. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, Liz, how dare you distract us? I gotta be honest, that wasn't Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> what? Look just like Bruce Springsteen. We've got two great shows coming up this weekend, Patrick. This Sunday, 8 a.m. This Sunday. 8 a.m., Disney XD. Yeah, we What are, do we got? We are kicking the summer up into high gear uh, with this episode of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, we got uh, the first episode leading into our final arc of season one. Going after the cosmic seed, uh, and this episode features our friends, uh, the Inhumans. And this is, of course, an episode of Guardians of the Galaxy. There we go. Is that it? No, and there's there's more to talk about, right? There's a little more. You know, they go back. We're picking up the pieces from where we last saw the Inhumans, and uh, Maximus was locked up at the end of that episode. But uh, Star Lord and the rest of the Guardians need a little info from him. And as you can imagine, like every episode of Guardians, hilarity and hijinks ensue. Classic. Uh, and this will sort of be the final piece of the puzzle, and the Guardians will be able to uh, go to their last location uh, to find the, the cosmic seed. So this is really the beginning of the wrap-up of Season 1. Harrison's been working hard this week, because uh, while we've been putting the wraps um, on Season 1, he's already digging deep into Season 2 with our story editor, uh Marty Eisenberg and our consultant Margaret Scott. Um, we can't say too much because we're you're working pretty deep into season two at this point, mm-hmm. and we can't give too much away. But you know what? I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a little something. Okay, let's hear it. Why don't we announce here for the first time the name of the first episode of season two? Whoa, whoa! That's. I think I might have to check with some higher-ups to see if we're actually allowed to do this. If this doesn't get bleeped, you'll know that uh, Patrick uh, sold his soul. As a part, as a, like, different from all the other bleeps that we need to yeah. interject into this podcast. Should we get a, Should we get um, Max Weinberg to give us a drum roll? Huh? Oh, Max, Max, so we've had a We've had a running theme on the show of uh, naming our episodes after uh, songs of the... 70s and sometimes leaking into the 80s and that is going to continue in season two in an episode that marty and harrison are calling staying alive Ooh, the wow. sequel the popular the... the the popular uh that's uh hollow notes yeah that's oh, hollow notes right boy, really i'm just goofing guys i'm just goofing around i i hate to break character and goof around a bit the, but of course the then popular tell us who it is <laughs> Go on. Why? It's Bruce Springsteen, of course, <laughs> right? Uh, so yeah, so we're going to kick off season two with uh, Staying Alive. Staying Alive. Yeah. The popular... You heard it here first. ABBA song. Stop it. 
Oh, you're disappointed. Go home? All right. I'll see you guys later. I think it was by the doors, Steve Wacker's favorite. Oh, I hate the doors. What? He hates the doors. You're on the you wrong You know, that's this week's poll, Marvel listeners. The doors. Yay or nay? This is this is good stuff. Only nay votes will be accepted. <laughs> this is, this is, last week, the poll was uh, how much better Twizzlers were than Red Vines. Red Vines. You what? are insane. You yeah. are bananas. Red vines. You are, anyways. It tastes like angry plastic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I took the words right. All right, from my next. Uh, Ultimate Spider Man this week too. Brand new Marvel Ultimate Spider Man versus the Sinister Six. The Sinister Six, the Ultimate Edition, right? Yes. This yes. Is the first episode of a new arc that we're calling the Symbiote Saga. Ooh. Which uh, borrows heavily and is inspired from one of. The fan favorite arcs of the 90s, Maximum Carnage. And this is the first part of how many parts? This is a three-parter. Three, three-parter. Yep. And we're going to see some uh, some symbiotes and some people in symbiotes that we've never seen before. Ooh. Wow. This is huge. That is huge. I mean, we're Harrison, along with the uh, story editors, uh, uh, Kevin Burke and Doc Wyatt, um, the, the evil grins on their faces as they were breaking these ep- episodes uh, were a sight to see. Uh, they really came up with something fun here that sort of pushes forward uh, all the stories this se- season, particularly after the the big climax with Ben R- Riley. Um, and uh, it's after this. Have we done Spider Verse yet? Return to Sp- Spider Verse. That's after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's leading into the Return of Spider Verse com- coming up. So. We had a bunch of big episodes coming up. And Liz, what are you most excited about? Uh, I'm personally a huge Carnage fan. Yeah. So I'm really stoked to see some some symbiotes and you some know saga. Some saga. <laughs> that's I mean that's my favorite part of any show is the saga part of it. Is, sure. You know, on a scale of one to ten, how saga are we right exactly. now? Exactly. Sim- I accept nothing less than eight. <laughs> Uh, Harrison, sorry, any particular characters other than Peter Parker we should keep our eyes on in, in this three arc? episodes? Yeah. Uh, well, the, each of the three episodes features heavily uh, one of uh, a story about Peter and one of his friends. And the first one is Flash Thompson, Agent Venom. Uh, he's a very important part of this uh, this story. Uh, we're also going to see some of the the classic characters from Maximum Carnage. We're going to see Iron Fist and Cap and Cloak and Dagger and uh, perhaps a uh, living vampire. Perhaps a living vampire. So who is it? There's only one. There's only one. So what's his name? Yeah, what's his name? Dracula. <laughs> of course. We're gonna see Dracula, or is it gonna be Leslie Nielsen from Dead and Loving It? It's uh, Dracula's not a living vampire. He's just a vampire. Okay. Morbius. Oh, the Morbius, living the living vampire. Morbius the Living Vampire. We should read a comic. We should really get Marvel fans to run the yeah. podcast, I feel, right? So, But that was who Leslie Nielsen played in Dracula Dead and Loving It. Right? Dracula. Dracula. Oh, I guess that. Yeah, it's in the title. Name. Never saw that movie. Six either. points from Gryffindor. <laughs> hey! This one over here with the Lord of the Rings jokes. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Anyways, uh, make sure to catch those brand new episodes. This Sunday at 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. on Disney, Disney XD. XD. Yeah. Anything else anyone wants to add? Anything? Any other jokes? No? We tapped out? Uh, what I do was, you got? I was hoping Marlon Brando was going to walk in, but... 
Maybe next week. <laughs> uh, we don't have a wide enough door, unfortunately. Oh, oh come on. Not what? cool. I made a, listen, I made a fat joke instead of a dead joke. Well, uh, that's Marlon's brand <laughs> of representatives right now. All right. Oh, bye, everybody. Oh, all right. Uh, make sure to cartoon in. Right, time for this week in Marvel. Um, nope, not the unlimited. No, reading club. no unlimited reading club this week. It's time for questions and comments. Yes. And if you want to send us your questions and comments, just use the hashtag this week in Marvel or email us at twinpodcasts at marvel.com. We have both comments from Twitter as well as some emails today. For sure. Let's get it started in here. Oh God, this thing that was the bane of our existence. What was it last week? When they had six one six Marvel Day. Day. Terrible. Uh, Agent Twim. Tyler Short, twin fan, hashtag 616 Marvel Day. I'll be spending it catching up on all my comics I've bought but haven't read all day long. So I love the spirit of 616 Marvel Day. Yeah. I just hate that I got a million tweets about it and that people know it annoys us. There's also, if I think some of these folks who celebrate this are outside the U.S. where they don't do the numbering, the date numbering system true. the way we do. It That's would have true. been sixteen six. Yeah, you guys are really just going that extra mile to tell us that USA is number one. Yeah, USA, 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 USSR. Hey, no, 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 no. no. Um, Cody, one of a kind, harder. Finally been able to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3, hashtag Lash versus Hive. Yeah. A little late, better late than never. Uh, Corey, Dawn of Awesome. Corey Bonsack first um, says, I want I want a coffee mug that says my other car is a Quinjet. All new, all different Avengers, and number nine. Yeah. Dale Noel says, the great Mark Grunwald remember through the words of his friend Kat Schuler. Yep. Uh, shows a picture of Dale Noel or uh, of Kat Schuler. Yep. Mark's uh, widow. Yeah, Mark's widow at the the event that they had in New York City, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nice. We celebrated Mark Grunwald uh, for a whole week. Yeah, we did. It's great. DJ Fanko tweets to Strami, I saw this sweet ride outside of Salt Lake City and thought uh, Strami would enjoy it. And it is a car decked out with shield regalia. Shield paraphernalia. Yeah. Unfortunately, Strami told me he did not enjoy it. Fantastic. No, he didn't say that. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to start a fight. Fantastic. Easton Baldwin says, I am new to the Marvel comics and I'm a little confused with the timelines and how everyone isn't 60 years old. Help. Uh, the best way to tackle this problem is just to not think about it. Um, but basically, everything happens on a very sliding time scale in the Marvel Universe, meaning what 60 years for us is not 60 years for the characters. Uh, they've had... Enough advent- enough years so they can fit all their adventures in, but not so many years that they're aging very fast. They're aging very slowly, and that's really all there is to it. Yeah, you know, six, seven issues of a comic can take place in the span of a couple a of hours, yeah. a day, mm-hmm. whatever it is, uh, just because, you know, the way that stories are told. So you can't, yeah, you can't think about it in, in those terms. Don't think about it. Yeah, there's um, crazy. a couple months back we did... Uh, Unlimited Reading Club on um, a new universe book, Mm -hmm. uh, Starbrand. And that, the part of the conceit of that line was that it was in quote unquote real time. So each issue would, like the next issue would be a month later, and that would be a month later for the characters as well. But that doesn't, it's a very tough thing to do. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. 
Gareth Hatfield says, happy 616 Marvel Day to this week in Marvel and Horizon Labs and comics fans aplenty. Yes. Gay Comic Guy says, a new This Week in Marvel podcast on 616 Marvel Day. Woohoo. Uh, at least we haven't just declared hashtag Crystal the Inhuman Appreciation Day. Yet. Don't even. Don't even. I mean, wow. she's, she's bound to get her day at some point. Yeah, maybe Gambit will get his day. HWView <laughs> says uh, his pick for one week was all new X Men number ten. It was cool seeing the early days of Apocalypse before he was evil. Yeah, I mean, he was just a bright eyed, bushy tailed kid yes. trying to make it in old Cairo. <laughs> Uh, Haywood compliments you, Ben. Oh, says yes. It was a great podcast honoring Mark Grunewald with Tom Brevoort. Yeah, I thought we did that one together. I, I was, was definitely not here. It. Yeah. It was a bummer. We were great. Were you here, Josh? Yeah, it was me, you, and Tom. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I just subbed Josh out of there and That's uh, fair. replaced him with you. Yeah. Haywood says, uh, hope your next guest is the one and only Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, man. Wow. That would be a trip. Yeah. I, we, we would need to get a translator, I think. Oh, does he speak fluent English or just? I feel like he does. But he I don't seems know. to get it pretty well. Yeah, but I don't know. Whatever, that would be fun. I don't know. We should ask uh, Chris Daniels. Yeah. So a bunch of months back, Chris was Chris and Kaz, our friends who mm-hmm. are wrestlers for Ring of Honor. Uh, they were doing a tour in Japan, working with New Japan, mm-hmm. and Chris emailed me. He was like, "Hey, who's your favorite wrestler in New Japan?" And at that time, it was Shinsuke Nakamura because mm-hmm. he was still in Japan. And so Chris got me a really cool little thing for yep. Shin- for Nakamura. I got an AJ Styles one. Nice. Um, and I also got a dope. T- did you get? Yeah, the I got the t-shirt. Yeah, as well. the, the so baseball soft. pen and t-shirt. So mm-hmm. delightful. Thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you, Chris and Kaz. Yes. Uh, Haywood says last week's pick was Black Widow number four. The suspense and spy action is so good. So good. Joshua Cooper says, Twin of the Week, Uncanny Inhumans number 10. Just how awesome can reader get? Definitely my favorite Inhuman. Dude, you of course that referenced book that earlier. was so good. Yeah. Kyle Charles, Johnny Timpulse. It's so good to see Hercules back, even if it's just a miniseries. Hercules is back. He's in Gods of War, and he has taken names. I love how Herc's phone is full of gods from other cultures. Hercules is so awesome. A lot of Hercules love from Kyle Charles. To H&M, when I'm ill... I'll watch G.I. Joe the movie and Transformers the movie too. Those movies made me a man. Yeah. The feels. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm with you, Kyle. Yeah. 100%. Thunderbolts was such a good issue. Can I, can I raise an issue, though? Yes, please. Blake Garris still, I think, still has my DVDs he does. sitting on his They're desk. On desk. Someone's going to take those. Yeah. And if someone takes those, there's going to be a problem. Dude, my, my, this is going way back. A couple years ago, Blake was talking about how he wanted to learn more about the Great Molasses Flood. <laughs> Of the uh, 19th century in Boston, and I say I'm on the phone with my dad, and I'm like, "Hey, was there a molasses flood in Boston?" He goes, "Oh yeah, I got a book on it." So my dad sent the book to Blake. It sat on his desk for about a year, and then he finally just said, "Hey man, I'm never gonna read this." So look out, because those DVDs could be out there for quite some time. Mm-mm. Just just be warned. Um, last one from Kyle Charles. Thunderbolts was such a good issue until she, who shall not be named, shows up. Ben J. Morris knows who I am talking about. She's everywhere, man. She's taking over. (laughs) She was in, like, three books this week. (laughs) Come on. Yep. 
Rafe B says, little advice for the next This Week in Marvel episode. Stand a little further from the microphone. We can hear you breathe. Obviously, and this one directed is at Josh. To at Joshua ah. H. Weiss on Twitter. It's J-O-S-H-U-A-H-W-E-I-S-S. Don't worry, we have moved Josh uh, far from his microphone. He, he barely even He forgets, see though. You see him get forward because he's, he's excited. He's into the, the show. The flow. And then, you know, he has to pull it back. That's what happens. Uh, Raph also says, Funny how Brian Bendis made fun of the previous events with Tony Stark telling Hawkeye he could have died. Mm-hmm. 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 Rob Nolan says, Big big thank you to Ben Morse and the wonderful Tom Brevoort for episode 241.5, discussing Mark Greenwald's contributions You're to welcome. Marvel. Uh, he says to Ben, It's a crime that there isn't more classic yeah. new warriors on Marvel Unlimited. No kidding, man. Every time I want to go for a two-yard sale, I'm like, Huh, did they add new warriors? Can we do new warriors? No. There's no 90s New Warriors. It's a weird blind spot. We should do Tragic uh, Triumph and Torment soon, though. We should do Triumph and Torment soon. But maybe maybe now that Elliot Ronan's back, even though he has nothing to do with Marvel Unlimited anymore, <laughs> I'll just go and pester him. That's sure. right, folks. Elliot Ronan is back at Marvel. Yeah. Big headline news. Uh, Ross Meyer says, What's up with having only one Asian character in the whole MCU? Well, I mean, um, is Quake Hogan? is also... Hogan? Hogan. What's that? Hogan. Hogan from the Warriors. Yeah, team. I mean, one of the he's an Asian actor. Yeah, one of the Howling Commandos. Yep. Because um, he was also on Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, he's excellent. But uh, Chloe Bennett, she's mm-hmm. also Asian. Um, there's probably more. more on, there's always more on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. And he says, can you explain Squadron Sinister and Squadron Supreme? Same characters, different teams? Question mark. Something about Grandmaster? Okay. So Squadron Supreme. Squadron Sinister debuted first. It was this group of villains at the Grandmaster. Uh, he basically augmented different characters, gave them different powers, made a Hyperion, made a Doctor Spectrum, made a Wizard, made a Nighthawk. So you had those four. They were the Squadron Sinister. Years later, the Avengers encountered the Squadron Supreme, who were the heroes of another Earth, and it turns out that the Grandmaster had based his villains after the Squadron Supreme. So there are two different teams. The bad guys came first, but they were actually based on the good guys. There you go, Ross. There you have it. Uh, Ross says, I want Marvel to release a Crystal and Gambit team-up book. Wouldn't that... How dare Why? you? How, Why? How dare you? What have we ever done to you other than entertain you? How dare you? Simon Williams says, Hellcat number seven felt like an episode of Jessica Jones, minus all the cursing, violence, drinking, and bone zone action. So nothing like an episode of Jessica Jones <laughs> is what he meant to say. Uh, he says, I enjoyed Civil War two number two more than number one. Hopefully I can say that about the rest of the series. That'd be great. Stick with it, Simon. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is a doozy. Uh, Twim of the week for June 15th, Spidey number seven. Adding Black Panther instantly makes a comic book better. I agree. Uh, Simon says to Ben, Crystal is one of the required heroes for the latest Spec Ops and Avengers Alliance. Are you going to try it? Did you? Uh, I'm currently playing the Spec Op. I have not recruited Crystal. Big surprise. <laughs> so how are you going to get through it? I am just going to try to work my way around it and get as many tasks done as I can and maybe use some gold. Yep. That's the only way to do it. Okay. If it sounded like there was farting going on, <laughs> that's Josh just shifting around in a chair. Because if it's not breathing, it's farty sounds. Ugh. 
<laughs> can't win. Just like the Cold War. Uh, it's a war we can't win. We can't win. Uh, Simon continues, says, The streak is broken. Py- Power Man and Iron Fist is not his Twim of the Week that Aww. week. His Twim of the Week for June 22nd was Sam Wilson, Captain America number 10. This is the kind of comic he would like to write if he wrote for Marvel. Power Man and Iron Fist number 5 was hilarious. A great blend of action and comedy every issue. Simon says, The DJ in Power Man and Iron Fist looked like a young Samuel Jackson, an homage to his role in Do the Right Thing. Quite possibly. Uh, he says, You may have mentioned it, and I missed it because of the bad audio. Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. sick burn. That's Josh's you fault. You got us. He says, <laughs> All Josh's fault. Yeah. Mm. But I'm sure you noticed the name of the radio producer in Power Man and Iron Fist was Karasawa. It's little touches like that that make me love this book. You know, for a book that was not his Twin of the Week, he certainly got a lot of kind things to say about it. Because it's damn good. Good book. And then he rolls back into Sam Wilson number 10. He says, The opening pages of a certain portion of the internet in a nutshell. Uh, yeah, it'll cover some people. Uh, it says, It felt weird seeing Monica uh, and Adam kiss in Ultimates number 8. He And Sam thinks, uh, Simon thinks, isn't... Uh, Adam's daughter about the same age. Yes, I, uh, probably. I thought Monica was a little bit older. Not a little older, quite only as a old couple as Adam, years. but no, yeah, he is definitely a silver fox. Yeah, but he's in great shape. Great shape. I'd make out with him. Yep, definitely. So, there you go. I, I would feel safe. Right. Safe. Strong arms. Brilliant mind. Yeah. Got it. Takes care of you. Uh, Simon says, seeing most of Marvel's black heroes together in Sam Wilson number 10 made me happy. Marvel needs to form a team with these characters and give them an ongoing series. Just said Miles Morales and Blue Marvel. <laughs> Simon I, volunteers oh, to write very it. nice. Yeah. Very generous volunteering to write it. Yeah. Simon finishes up by saying, so Misty Knight wants to be the next Captain America. He says, I would read that. Don't think she's had a solo series before. She was the lead in the last Heroes, Heroes for, for Hire book we did, but no, she's never had her own solo right. series to the best of my knowledge. She was in Daughters of the Dragon, too. Yeah. Um, but that was multiple characters. Squirrel Boy 2099, Dirty Lash. I fully approve the Collector Core latest box, especially Squirrel Girl. My fave so far. My desk is becoming a war zone. My desk is becoming a war zone. Stop at Jack You Can't Sport. <laughs> Donald Glover, make us proud. Hashtag Spider-Man. All right. <laughs> Let's get behind it. Uh, Tech Lord, Lex Pendragon. Uh, that's not to say that we are providing any confirmation or information. We just, I'm just we excited. all like Donald I Glover. Who He's great. Like, who doesn't like Donald Glover? Um, the Tech Lord, Lex Pendragon. Starting my 616 Marvel Day. By listening to this week of Marvel Mini episode with Tom Brevoort. I always love his visits. Then says, Lorraine Sink seems to enjoy fun more than the guys on This Week in Marvel, but I think Ben J. Morse admits that. That's because she was went into their 616 hijinks. I will have Gotta to have, have a talk with, with her. her. Um, responding to Gay Comic Guy, Hey Horizon Labs, Lorraine, oh, talking about Lorraine Sink is celebrating 616. Enough of this. Enough of the 616 Marvel Day. I'm done. I'm through. Um... Tech Lord then tweets to me, says, Rich Rider, he said that I say Rich Rider is in Avengers Alliance now, where want, you can get him for 90 command points. He is now available. Nice. Troy and Jackie, I want the Howling Commandos back, please. Uh, you know, make your voice heard and pick up the trade paperback collection. That's the best way to support and let people know you want them back. Yeah. All right. On to emails. First one from Tavis Miller. Tavis says, keep it up. Hey, guys, I just started listening in the last few months and wanted to send some digital high fives. I enjoy the reviews, and it's helped my comic book shopping so much. I can only afford to get a couple books each month, and you guys got me into Spider-Man Deadpool, Yay. which I have supremely enjoyed. 
The banter is great, especially when you harass the interns. Keep it up. Well, Tavis, Tavis, Tavis. Tavis is going to love this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, our buddy Robert Nolan writes, Hey guys, just wanted to give something a thumbs up with a few more words than Twitter would allow. I just redeemed the digital code for Amazing Spider-Man number 13, and the Civil War 2 insert fold-out is right next to the page where the digital code was. I needed to tell you, this is the perfect place for it, and please, please pass that along so that it keeps happening. I redeem all of my comics before I read them, and I always read my comics in print the first time around, so that I have a digital copy to hand if I wind up live-tweeting what I'm reading. Um, sometimes I accidentally spoil something because I can't keep myself from glancing at the page opposite where the code is. Having the ad insert page there is genius. It also makes it so much easier to find, get to the page with the code. It's like an easy to turn to bookmark. So please pass along to whoever you could or can that this is the perfect place for inserts. Marrying it up with the code page helps in ways that might sound trivial, but actually really, really help me. And I'd like to think many others out. Keep up the great work on the show. 240 episodes in, and I'm still an eager listener week after week. Thanks for making Marvel our universe. Sure. Yeah, well, we did that. We'll uh, we'll pass it along. That's great. Um, I will say, self-control. Yeah. Wor- work to big, make sure you're not spoiling it for big yourself. Uh, but, yeah, we'll definitely pass along. Uh, it's a great thing to hear. Uh, Jason Kim sends an email. Uh, says the subject, Mahalo. Thank you from Dragon's Lair. We got this great picture. Yeah, it's a picture of uh, Lucas and Randy Martin, the uh, owners of Dragon's Lair. They have a little note that says Mahalo uh, for mentioning, which means, again, thank you in Hawaiian, mm-hmm. uh, for mentioning Dragon's Lair comics and collectibles on this week of Marvel episode 236. And. Um, uh, this one comes in from Lucas, right? No, this no. one comes in from Jason. Yeah. Jason saying uh, about the picture and uh, saying thank you. They did a cool thing during Free Comic Book Day weekend. They gave a bunch of free comics, including some Marvel Star Wars comics, to children at their local Ronald McDonald House and Shriners Hospital. Lucas and Randy wanted to make sure those children who couldn't participate on Free Comic Book Day got some free comics anyway. That's what great. they did was awesome. And Jason says, again, mahalo to us for mentioning them. He says, Ben, you did a great job flying solo in episode 240. Thank to you, Ryan and the rest of the gang, please continue to keep up the good work. And he says, P.S., Sam Humphrey is retiring to the District of Columbia. It's a good city, but not as great as New York. You Amen. Know? Yeah. That's a great note to end on. Perfect. That's a nice letter. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. And, a, uh, I like how I say a letter. <laughs> like we somehow got written correspondence. And, well, it is. It's a yeah, le- it's, it's an email. A, yeah. It's a letter. Uh, so, And that's really Shut cool. Shut up, everyone. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I will not be persecuted. Uh, it's really oh. cool to hear about Dragon's Lair. That's that's great. That's uh, great stuff. Again, guys, let us know what your comic shops are doing to help out the community. And We'd we love to give shout shout-outs out. yeah. when there's cool stuff like that going on. You have our email. It's twinpodcast at marvel.com. Uh, we love you know seeing when, when great comic shops are doing great things. Great things. Yes. Well said, Benjamin. Are you, you're not here next week. I ain't here. I'm alone again. I'm gone. Right, Josh. This Friday, you're going to take all the books and you're going to read them. Next week, Josh Weiss co-pilots this little plane. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Are you more excited than if you were dropped into the middle of uh, 1980s Soviet Union? He's he's into the 50s Cold War. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I moved too far ahead. The uh, hipster Cold War. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Very good. If you take my books, don't hurt. Don't lose any of them. Don't mess them up. Make sure they're back at my desk. So Probably I can take read John's them books. So he can just take do John's books. That's fine. Do whatever he wants yeah. with them. Wipe the snout off of your nose with yeah. them if you need to. Do what to. you need to. Do what you got to do. Yes. 
All right, that's a wrap for this episode. You'll be back next week. I sure will. Both of us will be back next week. Yeah. Both of us, I mean me and Josh. <laughs> this is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>